welcome to the My Why podcast, where educational storytellers Jesse Mann and Kristen Travers discuss identity-defining moments with special guests. Inspiration ensues. When Kristen and I decided we were going to try this whole podcast business, our next guest was on the top of my list. I just had to have a sit down with her. Sienna doesn't know this, but her story and what she did for her boyfriend really got me through my own health struggle in 2017. This wonderful woman donated her kidney to her then boyfriend, saving his life and greatly improving his quality of life. She may be soft-spoken, but we think that she is a warrior when it comes to stepping up for someone she loves. She grew up south of Blackfoot, went to school in Kidscotty, and now she teaches grade two in Lloydminster. We are excited for you to meet Sienna McDonald, organ donor, teacher extraordinaire, and soon, obviously, soon to be, very soon, to be a new mom. Welcome, Sienna. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) Sienna is a little bit um, nervous, I think, because um, she's not always asked to to tell this side of the story. Like, you guys have done quite a few different interviews, but... Yeah, usually Duncan does the interviews. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, are you okay telling your side of the story? (laughs) Okay, awesome. (laughs) So, let's just jump in and ask about when you first met your now husband. Well, Duncan grew up in Marwane, so that's not very far from where I I grew up. Uh, He actually grew up 20 kilometers north of me, but I never knew who he was until... We kind of met through mutual friends at Lee Park Rodeo oh, in 2009. Lee Park Rodeo. Many yes. people listening have met their significant others at Lee Park Rodeo. Yeah. And then we didn't actually start hanging out until like 2010 when we both went to school in Edmonton. And then we dated, started dating in 2012. So we've known each other for a long time. Okay. Yeah. And so what are your favorite things about Duncan? Well, he's a hard worker and he, he never like, through this whole thing, he's never complained about his situation even though he kind of got dealt a bad hand so it was I don't know he's so strong that's what I really admire about him perfect and so when did you notice that um and and how soon did it come up that he maybe didn't feel so good actually I started dating Duncan I mean he already was diagnosed he was like diagnosed in 2010 with his disease so I never really knew Duncan before the disease um and I never really thought about it because he was always like he always did everything with us. Like he was always out and about, like he was always up for anything. So it wasn't until like 2014 when his kidney function went down to five or 11%, sorry, that I noticed that there was. So you'd already been dating him for like four years yeah. at that stage. Yeah. Um. So when you first got, you know, introduced and you, you know, felt a whole bunch of feelings for him yeah. and loved him <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And you had this idea of in your head, in your head, like you possibly wanted to spend your the rest of your life with him yeah was the disease a factor was it well I it always seemed like it was in the background at the first like eventually we'll have to deal with this right but it it ended up coming like hitting us hard in 2014 when because he went from 60 percent to 11 percent in like a few months oh wow yeah and it was like a gradual decline until then and he was at he was in school with you at that time? Yeah. yeah yeah he was going to university all through this time and what, is, what was he taking? Uh, his Bachelor of Commerce. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were you guys living together at mm, that time? No, no, no. No, no I, uh, I was going to U of A and he was going to Grand McEwen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of questions for Sienna. So, when, um, like, what a drastic change in, like you said, um, one month, basically, of 
Well, it was a couple months. Okay. Yeah, because I can't remember how often he went to his specialist, but I just remember one appointment, it was like 60%, and then next it was 11%. And they were like, you need a donor. And we're like, what? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I read, and I believe it was a Meridian Source uh, article, which we, we're big fans of the Meridian Source, uh, that he figured he would probably have to deal with something like this and doing a transplant and, and searching for a donor and that kind of thing in his 40s and 50s. Yeah, like that's what we thought. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he was not, not in his 20s. <laughs> right. right, and yeah, yeah, so for listeners, Duncan and Sienna are in their 20s at this time. We just turned 30. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. But you were in your 20s. Yeah, we were 20s. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like young and in university and, you know, when usual usual people are, you know, partying and, and having fun and not worrying about, you know, kidney transplants. Yeah. Yeah, because I had just gotten my job at uh, in Lloyd teaching when this all started. Right. Yeah, so I just con- had graduated, so... Such an exciting time. You've yeah. got all these things. Fe- things probably feel like they're officially starting, and then all of a sudden, you know, the rug is pulled out from underneath you guys. Yeah, like you could see your future, and then all of a sudden it was like, now we were kind of stuck. Now what does the future look like? Yeah. And so how was he feeling, um, you know, when the, the levels were good, when he was, I guess, still not good, but when they were in the 60s to all of a sudden he's 11? How did he physically change? He, like, was way, like, tired all the time. Like, that's what I noticed, the mo- like, exhausted. Yeah. Right. But he still wanted to do things. Like, we, he still wanted to go and, like, go to hockey games and stuff. Like, right. Yeah, he didn't want to, like, stay at home ever. Yeah. And how did that make you feel? Good. Like, I was, like, happy that we wanted to do stuff. Right. Like, because I think if we just stayed at home, it probably wouldn't have been good for our mental health, both of us. Right. So yeah. when he's wanting to go, go, go and go and do these things, is a part of you, um, and, and is a part of him, maybe, um, thinking okay, this isn't so bad, I can still go and do these things? Like, are you kind of putting it in the closet a little bit so you can head out and then coming home and being like, oh, cow, holy cow, like, I'm exhausted? Yeah, I think that's how he felt lots of times. Right. Yeah. 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 His, um, like, I, I've known Duncan for what feels like forever. Yeah. And um, I've always, he's just such a sparkly guy, you know? <laughs> like, every time you see him, he's always like, hey, how are you? And he's just always, like you said, he's always so positive. Yeah. You know, I didn't... I certainly didn't know that that he was facing all of this. Right. So how? So obviously, your life is changing with his, right? Yeah. Um. So how was your family and your friends feeling about that too? Like, uh, they were really supportive through all, like all of this. Like, if like they were such a good like they're a good group of people. They always like made sure I was okay, and they always asked how everything was going. Yeah. And you maintain, like, obviously your, your social life and, and yeah. we're just maintaining everything, right? Yeah. And a new teacher. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's hard to survive new teaching, you know, on the best of days, let alone seeing probably at the time your boyfriend really struggling and not feeling well. And then also, what does my future look like? Yeah. It's like, sometimes you just kind of had to focus on one thing you could control at a time. Right. So... So the 6% or the 11% comes out, and um, then what happens? Well, they kind of were just like, I just remember the doctor came back, and he was like, the doctor said we should have been looking for a donor for a long time. And we were like, oh, we never were told this. And so he had came back, and he had like a huge book, and it was like about starting dialysis and everything. And and he did peritoneal dialysis. So So for those listeners that don't know what peritoneal dialysis can you explain a little bit I can jump in (laughs) okay yeah yeah. so he had like a tube that 
in his stomach and then they had fluid that would exchange at night on a machine so he didn't have to go to the hospital he just did it at night at home and i think it's through osmosis is how it actually works right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so when your kidneys stop functioning your blood essentially doesn't um, get clean and so this peritoneal dialysis cleans it for you yeah yeah so it's a lot of supplies and stuff. So and we actually ended up going to Jasper for six days while he was on it. <laughs> so we just had to pack up all the truck with, I think there were like 20 kil- uh, kilogram boxes yeah. of supplies. And we just headed out because, yeah, he said he wanted to go on holiday. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Good for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Your life didn't stop. No, he actually never quit work either. He mm. worked like 10, 12 hour days in construction. Wow. While this was going on. Yeah. And that typically doesn't like in my previous life I was a dialysis nurse yeah not peritoneal dialysis hemodialysis so that's a different um, dialysis where you clean blood Um, but honestly people get so exhausted and they don't usually work and like obviously he was he was doing quite well or trying to do quite well yeah like he'd have to like hook into the machine at certain times so because you have to do so many hours a cycle so that was a little like limit, like limit being limited because we couldn't go do things at night because we had to make sure he was home so he could do his cycles. Right. Yeah. So watching him go through that and obviously that affecting your life too. You're out. You're on a holiday and then you are like, okay, we gotta get back to the hotel room because we have to do that. Yeah. That can't have been easy. N- no, it's it was hard to watch him struggle and like I never wanted to like do this in front of him like. So I was always like, oh, no, we're good, we're good, you know, because I, I didn't want him to think that his situation was ever affecting me in a negative way right. or at, at all. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, we said it in your intro, you're, we think you're a warrior, <laughs> you know, and staying positive when all of that happens. With, let's be honest, a lot of people would say this is too much and out of fear maybe would be like, I can't, I can't, I can't do, this. do this. And I'm walking out. Oh. <laughs> well, especially before you got married and before, like you didn't have that tie, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, you, yeah. Obviously you guys love each other. And, yeah. You know, yeah. They're married now. They're married now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler married alert. And, and on a baby on the way. So, yeah. So, um, the, that great big booklet, that great big pamphlet, and now you have to start looking for a donor that apparently you had, you know, were supposed to start looking for before, but nobody told you. Yeah. What's the next step for you guys? So, uh, lots of people actually called in to donate to Duncan. Like I, it was like all his family had like, but Duncan didn't, didn't actually want me to donate. He, like, he, he was like, oh, no, it's a special number. I just Googled it all and found how to do it because he wasn't going to help me at all do this. Oh. He did not want me to donate at all, he said. So, um... Why do you think that was? He said he was really scared. He said he couldn't put someone... He didn't want someone he cared about doing this. Because yeah. he's like, I'll feel better, but you have to feel worse. Right. Yeah. Unbelievable. And so explain, like, um, the call-in is you call in... And you go through a process of testing and that kind of thing. Yeah, like you call in and then I don't, you have to leave a message and who you're like who you are and who you're going to donate to, because I guess they have a list of mm-hmm. the potential like recipients, and then they contact you back by whenever they want. I don't know. It was a it was a lot of like waiting right. between testing and calling, and then you do like a couple blood tests, which you could do in Lloyd, which was really nice, and then they 
wait a couple weeks and you get another call. So like, did you pass that? And if you pass, you keep going. And, but there was so many people that there, I know his dad had tried to donate and his dad actually was at first a better match than I was. So if, mm. uh, when, if he failed, then I would get a, te- I would go to the next test. Okay. So, cause the tests are expensive. Right. So they don't want to test like 30 people at once. Right. Yeah. And so everybody's calling in and he, he tells you, I don't want you to do it. Yeah. Did you tell him you had called in when you eventually did? Yeah, I did. Okay. I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, I'm just waiting. We'll see how it goes. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then when you heard the news, what was that like? Oh, that was actually a funny day because in the morning I got a call that said, sorry, Sienna, you're not going to donate. Oh. Yeah. And they were, and they didn't really tell me why. So I was like, oh, like, did I fail a test? And then I was like, oh no, if I fail the test, what's wrong with me now? Right. <laughs> like, what a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they just were like, okay, you're not going to donate. And then it was three hours later, I got another call. Like they phoned me back and I was like, why are they calling me again? And they were like, actually, you are the donor. And I was like, okay, um, okay. <laughs> so, like, I was just kind of coming off, like, the adrenaline of not donating and right. then being told, oh, yeah, you're going to donate. And then they were like, can we donate next month? And I was like, it was October. I was like, I'm a teacher. <laughs> like, I got to get stuff together. No. Right. <laughs> so we decided to donate in July because then it was this, I could just take the time off and not have to worry about coming back or and I could just worry about recovering at this point. Yeah. When I said teacher extraordinary, I meant it. Like you are a through and through teacher. And I mean, to go through all of this personal stuff you're dealing with, but then not want kids to, you know, have a teacher um, halfway through the year and have that change. Like that's amazing that <laughs> you thought of your kids when you guys are personally going through all of that. Well, and it was the, the diocese was going okay and stuff. So we just thought, why not just do it on a time where we could both focus on getting healthy instead of like doing the surgery and then coming back after six weeks. Like, yeah. I was just like, you know, we'll just focus on yeah, one thing at a time. really good planning. Yeah, that is good planning. Did you ever find out why you had the first call and then... No, I don't know why. Holy moly. So I don't know if they maybe called somebody else. They, like, told them they weren't going to donate, and they got my number confused. Right. I have no idea right. what happened. But I was kind of worried because, like, they told me when I started testing that some people don't want to go through testing because if there's something wrong they're going to find it on all this test yes. they do. And then I was like, oh, no. Right. <laughs> so, what have I just done? Yeah, yeah. what's wrong with me? Yeah. Why did I fail? And then, no, they phoned me back. They're like, actually, no, you're going to donate. I was like, okay. Those three hours cannot have been easy. Like, I just feel like I let my boyfriend down, and now what's wrong with me? What are we going to yeah. do? And, yeah. That's... Oh, my gosh. Okay. And so, like, you got that call in October, and now all of a sudden, well, you yeah. have – how many months to think about that yeah what was that like it um it was good because I could like prepare like I was always like preparing for surgery so I did actually go see a counselor and stuff and just make sure that I like was ready to do this yeah counselor and um during that time so again because you mentioned a long period of time do you ever have the feeling of uh, I'm changing my mind uh it was like actually like the day we went in there and it was just because I think it was like white coat syndrome right and like you see like all the doctors and all the nurses and I remember the one nurse was like oh you have such little veins I don't want to put this IV in it's gonna be painful and I was like oh no so I'm like 
I'm already, right. I'm already nervous. And but I had my friend Aaron and my mom and the Duncan's mom were with me at this time, so it kind of it helped out with my nerves. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Darlene. I gotta say hi to Darlene. Shout out. She is just like the little force that always just keeps going. Just love Darlene. Yeah, she's just a wonderful woman. Um, so you go through the surgery and you wake up. Oh, yeah. That. Uh, I should have been preparing for recovery, I guess, during my couple right. months before, because I did not expect it to be that hard. Um, I woke up and like, cause I went from a hundred percent kidney function to 50 in a matter of hours. So uh, not just like the pain of the incisions or anything. It was just like the exhaustion mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, like, actually, it was funny because I told Duncan after that this is must have been what you felt like all that time when we were going out and stuff. And I was like, let's go. Because right. I was like, I, this is, I feel like crap. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he was, like, walking around. And he actually came to visit me a lot because I, I didn't want to get out of bed. Like, he actually pushed me to go for walks and stuff. Like, usually it was the other way around. What a <laughs> yeah. swap. Like, a, like you said, a few hours in a total swap. Yeah. And so the exhaustion, explain to people who do, um, who do donate what that did feel like, like you just want to be sleeping the whole time or yeah, I recovery. Just, I just wanted like... to sleep, like leave me alone. Let me sleep. I know like we, uh, his, we'd have people over and I would just fall asleep. Like oh, while people yeah. were talking to me, I was like, yeah. Right. And are you on a bunch of medications at this time no. too? Nothing. Um, nothing. Nothing. Oh. I went from, they, like, I was on a painkiller in the hospital. Then they gave me T3s, which I never even took. Yeah. And then I, back, I have my own, like, I have a thyroid, like, an underactive thyroid. That's the only thing I take. Okay. Yeah. Huh. But I had that before. So. Right. Yeah. Oh, no. so you were probably pretty tired before. Yeah, I was a little, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, so before this, like, you have that, you know, nine-month nine window or whatever, of preparing for the surgery was Duncan ever saying like oh I don't know about this like I don't know if you um, should do this he he didn't like it when I, I he we didn't really talk about it I'm not gonna lie we yeah. kind of just like made the date and then we just kind of went from there <laughs> right. just were like this is this is how it's gonna be right yeah he actually asked his doctor if he could keep on the deceased donor list for a while just but after you get a donor, they take you off because, oh, right. right, it's like not yeah. fair. Like you have a donor right. yeah. already. Yeah. So because he was like, I don't really want her to do this. But those yeah. moments when you're walking through right before the white coat syndrome and you're Good. saying like you're walking through the hospital together. What, what are you thinking? Like, I just got chills asking you that. Like, well, what do you say to each other before you go under? Um, well, so he had to get admitted the night before. And then I had to go back to the, because we're seated at the Glen Rose, mm-hmm. which, not the Glen Rose, what's it called? Uh, no. It's like right across from the hospital, the condos. Oh, um, the K Clinic? No, it's the, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember. It's a hospital. <laughs> yeah, so it's like their condos, and I, um, I know the Good Hearts, actually, and the Second Chance Trail Ride subsidized for people who are recovering like recipients so that's how we got that condo and they so I went back there for the night and then my mom stayed with me and it was like when we had to say goodbye I was like oh my goodness like I'm not gonna see him until sometime next the next afternoon yeah right when we don't know what's gonna happen right yeah yeah that's I mean that's scary yeah um 
so I, like we've talked about on this podcast about my health issues and my husband has been with me the whole time yeah and has been like my steady rock but I always think I would much rather be in my situation than his and like how was that in your situation watching him go through all of that like that must have been awful for you just watching him suffer yeah like and it was it like it back in like 2014 when he was when the kidneys first started to like when they went down to 11 percent like his disease is so rare that they didn't know what they could do so he actually did four rounds of uh rituxan Mm. which is like chemo yeah um it was like a trial run to see if it would put the disease in remission and it, it did but like i remember being like if it didn't work then really would it be donating be what's the point of donating because right. it's going to kill his kidney again so that was really hard but it ended up working so I was remember being like that's the last chance I'm like what are we going to do after if this doesn't work so is there a chance that um the disease will come back yeah there right. is but they monitor him so close now so like they'll I don't know what they'll do if they if it comes back but they might try that rituxan again who right. knows yeah because it was just a trial run from the U of A. And so what does uh, all of the testing look for him now? Because you get this new kidney, he's feeling great, but he still has to, is it blood work often? Is it, yeah. Yeah, it's blood work. Um, he did blood work every, is it every day or every second day for three months? So he stayed in Edmonton when in, and I went back to work in September after surgery because he had to stay there and do like routine blood work and physiotherapy. Because they always have to make sure you're... Uh, the meds were right, right. like the anti-rejection meds. Right. Yeah. So after the donation, you are feeling, you're feeling crappy. You're yeah. 50%, right? Yeah. And he's up and he's feeling great. Yeah. Obviously so proud and happy for him. Yeah. But is there a part of you that's like, come on, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> not, not really, but sometimes I'd be like, quit running around. Just like, sit down with me. Like... <laughs> Yeah, fair it's enough. such a yeah. role reversal. Hey? Yeah. And so now you're pregnant. Like, you got married. You got all, like, not to fast forward, but I'm a mom now, too. And I'm thinking, like, if my husband was sick, and, and obviously you worry about that, and you, you know, yeah. probably keep track of his appointments and keep track of blood work and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's really good at that, Good. Actually. That's <laughs> like, good. I don't have to worry about good. it. Good. But yeah. now, like, you have a baby coming, and what's your thoughts on that? Oh, and we're, like, both really excited. We were, yeah. like, yeah, and I was a little worried because now only having one kidney, like, right. pregnancy and stuff, but everything's going really good. As, uh, like, they monitor more my creatinine levels right. and my blood pressure, and that's the only thing they – and I, everything's been going good for and I'm eight months, so. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's so exciting. That's right? good karma. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so was the doctor worried about you getting pregnant or worried about... No, but they did tell me, like, you have a higher chance of this and this and this, but... And did that ever scare you? Were you ever like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have kids. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe, I don't know. No, because people who, like, abuse their bodies, like, smoke or, you know, who are obese, actually have an even higher risk than I'd have. So I was like, as long as I stay healthy, I'll be fine. Look after yourself. Now. Yeah. And what does that look like for you? It's just uh, the surgeon just told me to keep a like a low sodium diet. Right. Which is what everyone should have. Right. right. Of course. Yeah. And then keep active, which everyone should be doing anyway. So right. it was just being like, 
make sure you're just living healthy. Right. Yeah. I know that there was such a stigma around like donating a kidney, like, I don't know, 20 years ago, like, oh, you can't get pregnant. You can't do this. You can't do this. And, yeah. and really when you donate a pregnant pre- or when you donate a kidney, when you're healthy, yeah, your life looks kind of the same as it did before. Yeah. And it did take me about nine months to get my energy levels back because right. like my kidney had to grow. So it's at 80% and that's about as high as it will go. Right. Yeah. And right. The, the, the kidney I donated to Duncan actually grew too. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it grows. Yeah. yeah. And the body is just. It's amazing. amazing. Yeah. 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 Just amazing. So any big plans for, for baby? Like what, you guys are having the baby. Can you have it in town? Does it have to be? No, it can be in town. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not high risk or anything. You have to go to Edmonton. Or... No, if my blood pressure went up or something, then probably. But just like any other pregnancy, once you get high risk, right? Like, no, I'm I'm fine to deliver here in Lloyd. So, is there anything you wish you would have known ahead of time? Um, like you mentioned, you wish you had maybe had a better idea of how recovery recovery yeah like just to like what could I have done because I know like they always say like get up walk around after you wake up and I didn't want to do that (laughs) right yeah yeah I don't know I just maybe just to prepare myself mentally because I like it just seemed like I was so tired for so long like I did kind of dip into a bad place for a little bit like because then I was like and then Duncan was still recovering and for some reason I got in my head that our life would like fast forward really fast like you'd be like okay now we can because Duncan and I actually didn't buy a house until after all this we didn't move in together mm-hmm. I still stayed at home because they told me that like before I donated they were like well how are you going to take care of Duncan and take care of yourself mm-hmm. so we decided to like hold off on buying a house right. and stuff because that way my my mom and dad could look after me after surgery right yeah so you kind of put your life on hold a little bit until, and then you donated this kidney and you thought, okay. Yeah, here we go. Just, let's go. <laughs> yeah, and it, that's not how it happened. Right. <laughs> there was a lot of recovery I just didn't think about. Right. Yeah. And it was about nine months of recovery. Yeah, know? until I felt normal again. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a long time. Yeah. And so you talked about, like, you went down and you, like, had to worry about mental health and that yeah. kind of stuff. So. What does that look like for you? Well, I have, like like I said, I have a really good support system. And, like, I I don't mind talking, going to counselors. And right. Yeah, like. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, imperative. Like, yeah. if you're going to donate an organ, yeah. something in your body, like, we we need to talk to someone. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah. And be surrounded and have really good people in our corner. Yeah. You know, surround yourself with that positivity and people who really are going to have your best interest and understand where you're coming from and, and probably know both of you. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so when you were getting counseled yeah. before, you know, donating a kidney, did they talk about, you know, like, do you feel pressure? Do you feel all Oh, yeah, know? yeah. They actually make you do that at the U of A will they have a, a social worker that sits down with you and they just like ask you, are you being paid to do this? And Ooh. Oh yeah, they go through questions. You have to go by yourself. You don't go with, like Duncan couldn't come in there with me. His family couldn't come in there with me. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I'm sure that happens oh, sometimes, sure. Yeah. you know. And um, out of obligation. Like it seems like you took this on yourself. Duncan said, you know, I don't actually want you to do this, hun. And yeah. you start researching it yourself and, and you kind of, yeah, jumped into helping him in that way. Yeah, I felt like when this all started, like, like that I was going to lose him. And I was kind of mm-hmm. like, 
if I didn't do everything in my power to keep him here, then I would never forgive myself. Right. So. So if there is someone that's thinking about donating, yeah. what would you tell them? Well, first do your research. <laughs> like, make yeah. sure you can do it. Because, like, I think um, it been really would have been really hard if um, something, like, small, like, like a medical problem would have, like, turned me away. Like, right. yeah. I actually follow a kidney donor uh, group on Facebook, and I know lots of them get really, like, they say, like, I couldn't donate because, like, I smoked or whatever. So just make sure you... Like, know your research before you donate. Right, right. Yeah. or before you even call in, I guess, right? Yeah. So if you think, I'm going to save my boyfriend or my girlfriend yeah. or my mom's life, like, I, it's me, it's going to be me, and you call in and find out it's something that you're doing that you can't, that's a blow. Yeah. Like, like, make sure you're prepared and you've done your research before you really... And I talk to someone, too. Just make sure, like, that you are ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. What was one of the best pieces and this is putting you on the spot but what is one of the best pieces of advice or or counseling you did receive um yeah just like I don't know he the the person I want to see he was I liked him he's he just said like um he just gave me a couple like breathing techniques like when I was in the hospital and stuff he's like because you're gonna get scared yeah Mm -hmm. and it just stuff like that to like Hmm. think about other things and you know calm yourself down it was really good Mm -hmm. yeah that's really nice that you were prepared yep. for that. Yeah. Some people don't talk about no. how mm-hmm. it's like going to be, you know, going to be in the hospital and it's scary. and. Yeah. And I never really was in the hospital before, like right. as a well. patient. Like I was there for Duncan, but never like as I was the patient. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a totally different view. Yeah. Uh, one thing just to go back a bit. What was Duncan's reaction like when, because he was reluctant, didn't want it to be you, and then all of a sudden you get that call and you're calling him and you're like, it's going to be me. Uh, he was kind of quiet on the phone. So I actually like asked him last night like what went through his head. And he's like, he said he was really scared. He said like, he, he said he was happy that like for himself, but he's right. like, I couldn't. Like, I was, I didn't want you to do this. He probably suppressed that happiness and yeah. fear mm-hmm. for yeah. Moly. And and I think he would know exactly how crappy it feels to be at 50% or 11%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he probably had a better idea of what you were going to feel like when you woke up than, than you did. Yeah. Duncan, you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a shout out to you. Yes. All right. Um, thank you so much, Sienna, for coming in. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us about? I know you guys are... Um, kind of active in the community with um, sharing your story, obviously. And there is a walk that I believe you guys are a part mm-hmm. of. Yeah, the transplant truck that's put on by the CTA is April 25th, which is um, is at the Service Support Center. So it's just, it's not a, like a fundraiser or anything. All it is is a celebration of recipients and donors and donor families. And that's April 25th? Yeah. Okay, perfect. And April is actually Organ Donation Awareness mm-hmm. Week, so. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. So there's lots of stuff going on. Like there's Green Shirt Day on April 7th, which is supports like uh, awareness. It's the Logan Boulay story. Um, and then we have a trail ride actually for Elk Point in May. It's like Mother's Day weekend and it's called The Second Chance. And that we are a part of that too. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's just, uh, it's a fundraiser because The Second Chance actually donates a lot of money to people who are going through uh, don't or who have to have their organ donation or sorry yeah that are recipients 
so like they've given money to people so they can stay in the condos and like gas cards and they just help them out so that's a really good fundraiser too well and i think a lot of people don't realize that when people are donating a kidney or people that are going through you know kidney failure they have to go to the city constantly yeah and trans like their their um loss of wages um they're sick all the time like and they're in a lot of pain so there's a lot of like wage loss and and that kind of stuff yeah so that's a really good really good organization you've probably met some pretty amazing people at all of the different you know um events and days that you guys are a part of now how yeah. how important is something like that after you've gone through this life-changing event to kind of diving in and, and putting other people in your circle that have experienced some of the same things that you have well, we've met a lot of like, amazing people. I I haven't actually met another uh, living kidney donor yet, mm. <laughs> like face to face. So that's, but yeah, there's a lot of recipients that you know that their lives are changed because of people who have even just signed their donor cards, right? Like, yeah, and yeah. I I mean I'm a a proud organ donor. I don't know. I always joke. I'm not sure if anybody wants mine just because of the medication that I'm on for <laughs> liver stuff. That's another story, but. Um, I know uh, family members we've lost that are organ donors and you find out that that parts of um, your loved one that you lost or um, people who are obviously living like you yeah. guys are when when you can really truly change a life I mean I, I gotta do that yeah tell your family that you want to donate your organs that's that's a key factor right? yeah like it doesn't really matter if you wanted to do it you, you have to talk to your family yeah they yeah. make the final decision yes. in the end Right, and you yeah. can sign a card, and, and that can be um, a part of, depending on what province you're in as well. So mm -hmm. if that's something that's important to you, make sure you tell somebody, make sure that you've signed any of the appropriate paperwork so that um, when your time, you know, when it, when it is time to have that be, you know, into the conversation that you've covered, covered the paperwork and you're able to do that for somebody. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sienna, yeah. for coming in. And, um, yeah, your story, like I said, in 2017 going through um, my own stuff, like I, it was a dream for me to be able to sit down and tell this part of the story. And it's obviously near and dear with Kristen's heart. Yes. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, to your families and everybody else that really supports you guys, like kudos to you guys. As we close today, we reflect back on a month of sitting down with incredible people telling their story and we really just want to thank everybody who has been a part of the Identity Project and, and the My Why podcast. We truly are grateful for our guests and for those of you that support us. Again, sitting down and, and sharing intimate stories about how people's lives change through the tough stuff and, and how people really take the, the hard times and turn it into fuel to grow and, and to change is, is just something that we are extremely passionate about and, and we just really want to thank everybody who has given us the opportunity. Available every Wednesday is the My Why Podcast.